0: Anyone who teaches already has this idea of putting the subject into something that the kids already know. Integration is so key when it comes to computer science, being able to plop it into classes that are not computer science.
1: The topic for today's podcast is supporting CS Ed Week with Kiki Protsman. Unpacking Education is brought to you by Avid.org. AVID believes we need to accelerate, not remediate. To learn more about AVID, visit their website at avid.org. Welcome to Unpacking Education, the podcast where we explore current issues and best practices in education. I'm Rena Clark.
2: I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Winston Benjamin. We are educators, and we're here to share insights and actionable strategies. Education is our passport to the
1: future. Today's quote is from Dr. Christina Gardner-McCune, Associate Professor of Computer and Information Science and Engineering Department, University of Florida. She says, We live and work in a world heavily shaped by computing and AI innovations. Thus, students who are prepared will be able to evaluate the impacts of these technologies use them to solve problems that are important to them, and shape the world we live in in the future. I worry that students who don't have access to AI and CS education might not be prepared, so I feel a heavy moral and ethical responsibility to scale my work to reach more students because the danger of failing to do so can have long-term civic, social, and financial consequences for them. That might be the longest quote we've ever had, y'all. <laughs> that is a <laughs> record,
3: Got through it all.
2: You so, did a great job with that. Got Rita. through it all. <laughs> that, okay. that was a long one.
1: So lots to think about. You don't have to yeah, have no responses. Yeah, no shortage of things to reflect yeah. on.
2: <laughs> you know what, though? I, I think it's a really important quote because we don't want to have opportunity have and have nots, right? We want to have some kind of a level playing field. So people have the opportunity to engage in those things like civic, social and financial benefits that come along with being informed in this area. And I really appreciate that the speaker said in her mind, it was a moral and ethical responsibility. It kind of cuts that deeply.
3: I, I really appreciate you for, uh, finding and seeing that, but I was thinking more about the using the uh technology to solve problems that are important to them. There are times when I have not been aware of the technology or new app or something, and then I get it and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most important thing, like a financial app or something. The last couple of months I've been really deep into trying to figure out my financial adulthood. So just like the idea of having technology available to me to be able to solve this problem was so important because it helped me learn. But for this this quote, I really appreciate the idea that kids will solve things that we as adults don't even know are problems yet. Right. Things that we take for granted, they're going to come up with something that makes sense in a way that blows our mind and moves society forward. So I really appreciate that piece of it.
1: And I think also youth identify problems they they see them and we don't even see it as a problem necessarily but they are able to identify things because it's important and relevant to them and is meaningful but i'm really excited about today um we're going to talk again about cs ed week and we're welcoming back kiki Prostman. so welcome kiki thank you, hey. thank you. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> And if you don't remember, Kiki is the author and entrepreneur. She's known mostly for her work with computer science, including several books, um, beginning with computational thinking and coding for every student. My first coding book, which, by the way, makes a great present. If you have someone, you know, baby shower, I've snuck that in every time. Um, And then Disney's coding with Anna and Elsa. And then in her spare time, she runs an educational YouTube channel called Kiki versus IT, which helped her win silver for Stevie's coveted 2017 Female Innovator of the Year Award. So welcome, Kiki. And like I said, she's joining us today to celebrate CS Ed Week, which runs this year, December 4th through December 10th. And to remind our listeners who maybe like, what is CS Ed Week? So it's an annual call to action to really inspire and support K-12 students to learn more about computer science, especially advocating for equity in computer science education and to celebrate the contributions of students, teachers, and partners to the field. So Kiki, I don't know if you have anything else to add there. I feel I mean, like today I'm getting a lot of information I'm
0: sharing. I was going to say that rivaled the quote in the beginning. Yes, so, that, was, that was great. Thank you.
1: I, that's why Paul and Winston gave it to me, apparently. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you did a really yeah, nice you're job. You're better at this. Woo! Here we go. So,
1: <laughs> but CS Ed Week is really broken down into five big topics. So for our conversation today, we're going to dive into hopefully each of those topics, go a little deeper. And so to start, the first section is called CS Heroes, hashtag celebrating progress, So the CS Ed Week theme this year is about highlighting the progress that has occurred in computer science education over the last decade, including making CS education more equitable and accessible for all learners. So really, Kiki, if you could just talk to us a a little bit to start, what advances have you really seen in this last decade? I mean,
0: all the advances, because it's really (laughs) only been a decade. (laughs) We this this marks um a little over 10 years since code.org started. And that was kind of where the foothold for elementary CS education mm-hmm. kind of came in, the the full K-12, not just the, you know, 812. Um so really so much has happened in this time period. And I remember I'm not gonna date myself by saying how far. long ago this was, (laughs) but it was more than 10 years. Um, When I was going through computer science education in school, and I was doing it in, in college for the first time, everything was so elitist, right? You had to know how to do the really hard things to even play this game. You had to be able to not only use text, but in some cases, like, compiler language in order to be able to join the team that could consider yourself a computer scientist. And it was really hard for people to even feel like they belonged unless they had been doing this essentially their entire life. Mm. So in that time, we've seen this huge expansion of block-based languages. And and we had Scratch for quite a while. Scratch and Alice were two amazing block-based languages that came about early, but they were rarely used for actual computer science a lot of it was kind of storytelling and using programming as a way of doing like interactive storytelling in movies and and that kind of thing but uh, that started to evolve as more of a coding platform and we started to get things like code.org and tinker and now make code and and these things that you can actually do some really impressive things in blocks and then switch it over to text and do even more impressive things. So, so the barrier to entry is much, much lower now. And we also have these great elements of um, accessibility that we didn't have before. So, so more than just being developmentally appropriate, we also have the ability for people who are, you know, people who have a hard time seeing Mm. Um, they, there are now languages that, that people can access coding in those, areas and people who have a hard time using their hands or their fingers or are missing an arm, there's now accessibility options for people to be able to cooperate together and work in teams and be able to work on some really important software. And then we have just the newest additions with like Copilot and the things that help you code even when maybe you're at the beginning of your journey, it can help you do more as if you were much further along. So it's kind of mind blowing. And and I feel like I've been talking for a little while now, but but yeah, a lot has happened this last 10 years.
1: Well, it's, it's fun, it, more accessible, a range of accessibility tool. I was in a classroom today and I was thinking about the accessibility just with students. I was working with the, the ability for them to press play and have directions read to them. Um, or the ability to change it into another language for different students, which is so helpful in such a diverse classroom, and all students then were able to access what we were doing today. So lots of different accessibility. Yeah. Uh, And then thinking over just more from you, who is a personal CS hero of yours?
0: Man, I feel like I owe my progress in computer science to several people. Personally to me, um, Karen Peterson, who works with the National Girls Collaborative Project, she was a big instigator in helping me kind of stick in there and helping me move forward in the computer science space when I decided I wanted to dive into K-12. And so many people were saying, oh, that'll never happen. And you should jump on someone else's bandwagon and Um, she really believed that it could happen and she supported me, which just made the world of difference, I think. And also Ruth Farmer, who um, she's just so, so powerful in this space. She's done so much. And now she started a nonprofit to help people uh, who might have to drop out because of different financial burdens, whereas some people can get money to start school and some people can get money to get equipment and things. There's nobody to help when you're a junior and your apartment floods and everything gets ruined and you don't have the money to pay to get it fixed. So she's got this emergency fund that is there to help people kind of get to the end of that process. And I just have so much respect for her. I just... Uh, amazing. these They're both amazing women. Mm.
2: That's cool. And I should say, Kiki, you've become a hero to some. So thank you for your leadership. <laughs> you may not think of yourself that way, but seriously, people look up to you, and, and that's cool. Oh,
0: That's sweet. Thank you.
2: Alright, second section of the CS Ed Week website. It focuses on teach and explore or inspiring kids and their families to learn computer science. So we're getting to the learning piece. So what are some ways that listeners on our show today can teach their students about computer science and maybe explore some of these possibilities, especially during CS um, Ed Week?
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what comes along with that 10 years of advancement. And we've got the Hour of Code website, which I think most people it's their go to during CS Ed Week. It's got a bunch of one hour activities that that. Teachers can find something no matter what their subject, no matter what their comfort level, whether it's blocks or text, they can go there and find something really quick, really easy. Uh, I I think I have submitted something every single year <laughs> since uh, this hour of code CS Ed week thing began. Um, so there's always gonna be something in there from me. Uh, you just have to find it. And then I think there's also, there's just so many great, Languages and activities out there now that even if you don't have access to that, you can literally just search for kind of what you're looking for. Hour long block based activity for kids or, or something. And so many things will pop up now and they might be different. So you might find things on searching the web that you might not find on hour of code and you might find things there you wouldn't find on the web. So that's a great way to kind of get started. But I also, I, I don't think people should underestimate the importance of unplugged activities. So a lot of people, when they think about learning to code, they want to go straight to those block-based or, you know, first step activities, but there are so many activities that are basically arts and crafts or uh, just things that put their, they're, they start in the world of the students. So it's in a place they can understand doing something they can understand. And then you put the vocabulary to it and that kind of gives you the springboard up into learning to code. So, I'm a huge fan of fan of those also for the beginning.
2: So, unplugged, no computers. Yes. It's not digital, right? It's all offline. So, that might sound counterintuitive to some people. So, how is a student going to be introduced to computer science in an unplugged activity? Can you make that connection for our listeners?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone who teaches already has this idea of putting the subject into something that the kids already know, right? When you're talking about math, you tend to get story problems. And you're saying, this is an orange, and this is an apple. And if you have two oranges and two apples, how many pieces of fruit do you have? That, that's inspired from the same thing is getting kids to visualize what it is that they're learning. And unplugged activities take things like dancing, And they say, okay, we're going to learn a dance. You're going to do this two times, and then this two times, and then this two times, and then you're going to do the whole thing over again. And then you get to say, that's called a loop. That's repeating. And uh, now you've got that vocabulary in your head so that when you move to the computer, you're not also struggling with the vocabulary. Your cognitive load is lower because the, the term, terminology, all of that stuff Kind of was introduced to you in a way you already grok, right? You already understand. And so then you can move forward to the harder things a little more easily.
1: Which I think that also leads to that this hour of code doesn't have to be done in the classroom. I was just thinking like it could be done with the librarian, the PE teacher doing dance, handshakes, all kinds of things. So it can live in music. I mean, songs are basically algorithms Yeah, so it can live in all these different spaces so i don't want people to also just think it has to live at the classroom teacher or course subjects it can be in any space absolutely (laughs) yeah
2: i love that i love that you mentioned the beat stuff brina because that is essentially coding i mean it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. even the interfaces that people use i mean it, it looks it looks like that it's cool
0: yeah i absolutely believe music teachers are already computer science teachers Oh,
2: yes. yeah. <laughs> They're awesome to begin with, and now they get that extra awesomeness. <laughs> extra
0: awesomeness. Wow.
3: <laughs> so the third section is about advocate, advocacy, right? So um, really to thinking about how policies that are supporting um, computer science and education. Um, what are some of the ways that someone like me can advocate for computer science and education, and why is it important that we do this?
0: So I think it's really important that people understand that the call for computer science really does happen from within the community. Schools really do tend to listen to the parents and, or they at least listen to the people who get the loudest. So if you want a fighting chance, you really have to have voices coming in from everywhere, letting teachers, letting principals, letting the administration know that it's important to us that our kids get this opportunity and to help educate them that it doesn't have to mean that you are dropping kids into AP computer science. Although we do now have some AP computer science classes that are quite approachable, but even just integration, like integration is so key when it comes to computer science, being able to plop it into classes that are not computer science so that kids can understand that it's a tool. It's not something that you have to take this class and now you only do computer science when you're doing computer sciencey things. But they need to be able to understand that it's something you can use to solve a problem that you might not have used it for before. You can now use it for arts. You can use it for definitely things like spreadsheets or creating apps for yourself to make your life easier. Like all of this stuff happens as part of other subjects. So... So that's huge. And then I think the importance of this comes, it's really an equity issue. And I know that there are people who don't like to hear that, but the truth of the matter is computer science as a subject only appeals to a certain kind of person or at least a certain range of person. When you can introduce computer science at younger and younger ages and in more ways under more subjects, you start to get more people who can identify with it. So if people aren't getting computer science until college, they're for the most part self-selecting. But if you can help your community see that by bringing computer science into the classroom in fifth grade, and you're bringing computer science into art, and you're bringing computer science into music, and you're bringing computer science into history, um, the kids who already love those subjects now see it as something that's there for them and that they can now love it too. It is now part of their identity. And we miss all that if we aren't vocal and let people know, because a lot of times, especially administration, they have no idea that these things are even options right now.
3: Mm. Your conversation is all about connection and community. So that really allows for the next con- next big piece of uh, the work within CS Week is connect with the CS community, right? So part of uh, our celebrations of um, CS Ed Week is connecting with others. What type of events or activities might someone host or attend in connecting with the Ed Week, right, CS Ed Week? As a person that's an outsider, right, what are ways that I can become an insider?
0: Yeah, I think that this somewhat depends on kind of the age of the students, whether you're doing it in school or out of school. But one of the things that I really like to see is people to use computer science opportunities as fundraisers for the whole school. Mm. And um, it could be creating a classroom carnival. And I actually did an entire curriculum around this because I think it's so powerful, such a good way to get the community to work together. Lots of schools already do carnivals, to bring the community in and raise funds. But kids can actually create their own electronic carnival games <laughs> using physical computing, You know, using the micro bit, and they can have things that the community can play. And do you know how much more willing parents tend to be to write a check when they see a third grader who made a physical computing thing and programmed it all by themselves? They get blown away. And one of the other things that I actually used to do when I was doing this out in my community was there's always these pizza parlors who host fundraising nights, and they uh, will give the school a portion of the profit for everybody they bring in with a certain flyer on a certain night. And so we would host... uh, a community event. We would put out our laptops in the event, and when people would come in to do the pizza, we would let the the parents and and community play the games that the kids had make, and the kids will stand mm. there and just like a science fair, talk about what they did and how they did it, and and it could be something that. If you know computer science, you know that just changing the background from red to green to blue when you press a button is not that tough. But when you're an adult who did not learn that as a kid and you go to one of these things and see a third grader that made this, you just like, it's so impressive. And adults don't really understand what kids are capable of in this space unless they see it. So.
1: I love that. And it gives that opportunity for students to really make that connection and be really shine because they're able to explain to adults and really feel valued and have their learning valued. And when we make something for community that we know other people are going to see, I feel like we're always more engaged and interested. So I think those are great ideas. Yeah,
0: sharing is definitely a great catalyst.
1: Yes. So the last section to celebrate is progress and we're kind of back to that idea of like how it started how's it going EdWeek website has a place for people to share their own personal progress in cs education which i'm excited to go explore and maybe share um, but if we're going to post, what would you? Sh- if you now, I, I don't need to say what I'm going to share. If you were going I to mean, post, can. what would you? <laughs> I can. What would you share about how it started and how it's going for you personally?
0: <laughs> I think I would go back to when I decided to become a computer science major. Actually, when I decided to switch from where I thought I was going to make utilities to make people's lives easier. And then I decided to switch to actual do computer science education because I realized so many people didn't understand that computer science was fun and engaging and passionate and expressive and, you know, something that you could do that made art. And then that art did something. And, and so I think, Back in that day, computer science was just seen as a boring subject that was really, really hard and and only a certain type of person can do it. And I think we're now starting to open the door for more and more people to join the party and more and more people see it as a party. So maybe they don't decide that they wanna do this for the rest of their life and that's the career they want, but people can now see value in it. And I, I think that's amazing. I, one thing, though, that hasn't changed is this idea that there are still a bunch of educators who don't think they can teach it because they don't know it well enough to teach it. So for the next 10 years, that's what I want to work on <laughs> is making sure that educators know that that this is accessible to them, too. And all they really need to do is uh, play with it, give it a shot, and they'll see that they're making a difference.
1: So I just want to share something along this line. So we have something in my district called Grow Your Own. So we have high school students that for one of their classes, they're learning to be teachers. They're getting certification as paraeducators and the hopes that they may become teachers. But one of the things we're doing with these high schoolers is we're giving them access to become computer science teachers with our younger students in elementary school. So we're starting it with them. And like you said, my, my dream is to see this more in some of these teacher prep programs because I really see that's the way that we're going to bring it to future educ And eventually we're going to have educators come through that had it as yes. children.
0: We're only a, is, a decade or so away, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so ask us in another 10 years what's going to happen. Absolutely, this. I love what you're saying. I, I used to call that the waterfall method because um, when when I was at the University of Oregon, we had a bunch of women who would not even consider in computer science, but man, would they sign up fast to volunteer to go work with high school students in order to get high school students to a place where they could. So we'd bring them in and train them so that they could train high school students. And then the same thing happened (laughs) with high school students. They wouldn't volunteer to learn computer science, but they'd volunteer to help teach elementary school students how to do projects in computer science. Mm -hmm. So we would just do that. And it was not about training them to teach the students. It was actually about teaching them that they could do it. And uh, I think that's the near peer model is amazing. Poor middle school students; they tend to get left out because <laughs> you don't want to try and make a, a high school student have to handle middle school students
1: or middle school students with elementary students most of the time. So yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor middle school. We're poor middle school. Students. <laughs> well.
2: Thank you for sharing th- that, and and I know you've been doing some other work as well around uh, Make Code Arcade. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Kiki?
0: I absolutely do. So yeah, I joined Make Code Arcade. Actually, what's the date? In three days, it'll be three years ago. It just flew by so fast. Mm. And
2: happy anniversary at thank Make Code. <laughs> you
0: thank you. Um, but we're doing some amazing things over there. We we definitely we have the block based language thing going on people compare us to scratch a lot which is fine scratch is amazing we don't mind getting compared to scratch at all but we have so much that happens under the hood and we now have the ability to do junior activities so we have blocks with pictures in them now and our very first junior activity is up on our code this year so people can play our first make code junior activity it's called sparks flying junior um And that is opening the door for us to be able to do some things that are a little bit more accessible for people where English is their second language or um, where people want to do things a little more quickly with a lower cognitive load. And that's been a a lot of fun. Um, We've been working on a product, uh, a project with the Harlem Globetrotters, and that has recently launched. It's for nonprofits and nonprofits who want to run computing activities with their their clientele, with their students. Um, they have access to that. That was a lot of fun to do. Uh, and now we actually also have VS Code EDU. So we have this complete pipeline now where you start with the picture blocks, you go into more of the make code traditional, and then you come out the other side doing Python in VS Code. And there's a whole brand new curriculum set that was worked on with a bunch of people from te- from the industry. So some teachers were in there, some college educators were in there, um, creating curriculum that really makes it possible to jump in and learn how to code in Python. So so just a lot has been happening this last year at Make Code, and we're having a great time.
2: That sounds exciting. And definitely we will post some links to those resources on our website for this podcast write-up so people can get to them. And if they don't have the link to art from our website, where should they go to access those things?
0: makecode.com is a great place to start. It has got all of the the links to everything, so that's m a k e c o d e.com and then uh, arcade.makecode.com has had a lot of growth and that's a place that you can kind of easily make arcade games with very little previous knowledge. Um, and that's where I spend most of my time. It's kind of my baby. I didn't create it, but I definitely helped raise it.
2: Very cool. I was thinking when you were saying the, the make code website address a second, you could almost do that to the Harlem Globetrotters theme. M-A-C-E-D-D. Maybe. uh, Maybe.
3: uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Do I hear another jingle coming (laughs) up? Perhaps. So, I, you, as Rena mentioned in the, in our opening, that you are a prolific writer, right? You have several books that have been out, and Rena's trying to slide them into baby, into baby um, gifts. So, are you working?
0: I mean, they're
1: baby I books. Mean, I, guess, I mean, it's a good one. I'm not, I'm not hating. My mom
3: gives
0: them out, out for not, Halloween. Not, no joke. I'm not She gives them out
3: for Halloween. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see? The values. The values. House. Well, there's <laughs> other holidays coming up, too. <laughs> are you working on anything new? Any new books? Anything that we should be uh, keeping aware of?
0: Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. So one of my favorites, and this is one, my first one for educators was the computational thinking and coding for every student. And my editor and I both realized that was getting very old and outdated because it came out six, almost seven years ago. And so much has changed. And I mean, we talked about that at the beginning of the hour, just how, how much has changed. So we were contemplating whether we wanted to update it. And, we decided it actually might be a good time for something brand new. So we dove in and decided to do a book on integrating computer science into the classes, which is probably why I got on my soapbox about that a little bit earlier. And the really fun thing about this book is that uh, my editor let me use my my real voice, like my actual voice um use contractions wherever i wanted to put jokes in whether they were stupid or not she let me just be myself and so when you read this it really does kind of feel like i am giving you a weekend training and uh it was probably one of the most fun books i've ever written and hopefully one of the most fun to read uh i just submitted my final draft a couple of weeks ago, so now it's all in the design phase. It'll be coming out in April, and it's called Let's All Teach Computer Science. Sorry, there's there's extra on the end. There always has to be extra on the end. So it's Let's All Teach Computer <laughs> Science, A Guide to Integrating Computer Science into the K-12 Classroom by Kiki Protzman, and uh, I can't wait for people to to
3: read that one that's awesome thank you and thank you for the setup Uh, listen no knock it out the park you know sometimes i've been pitched i've been a pitcher in my life now talk about setup talk about setup i got the next setup is it's a time for the toolkit so i'm gonna ask everybody time to set you up what's in your toolkit what are you uh putting in your bag for later check it out check it out check it out check it out What's in the toolkit? What What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out.
1: All right. Well, Kiki already talked a lot about the makecode.com. And she alluded, she talked about this as well, but also just hourofcode.com, which will take you to the hourofcode page from code.org, which has all of those resources that we mentioned and talked about earlier.
2: Yeah, and I would say um, head on over to the csedweek.org website. There's lots of great things there. If you click on the um, the Heroes shortcut at the top, there's a really cool poster activity for CS Heroes, so you can create posters. I think it's using Google Slides templates to create posters of your CS Heroes, so it's a great way to introduce kids to heroes in the CS field. And if you like that one, there's another one in there that's similar That's future me poster activities so the kids can put themselves in like a a CS career and the good that they might foresee themselves doing in the future.
3: So some really accessible kind of cool activities that you can grab and use right away.
1: I love that.
3: I like. So I'm going to throw in Avid Open Access. Check out our previous podcast episode with Kiki to try to get some ideas of like how to really s- integrate into classrooms, think about things. We also have plenty of other information for people to, like me who's just stepping in to get your feet wet so you can support our kids. So I'm going to throw another lob to Kiki. What's in your toolkit? Knock it out the park.
0: <laughs> I want to go all the way back to that initial quote, and I want to say... AI oh,
3: mm. gasp oh. because I think
0: I think just like the internet changed what people are capable of and the amount of information they had access to, AI is really going to do some amazing things for people who are learning to code. So mm. even if people just kind of research what's out there, I'm not saying you have to jump right in and subscribe to ChatGPT or anything. But that that's my toolkit. It's just just starting to see how. AI can help us do the things we didn't think we were able to do.
3: Mm.
2: Very cool. All right, let's hop into our one thing.
0: It's time for that one thing. One thing. One thing. thing.
2: Time for that one thing. It's that one thing. All right, time to wrap things up today, Rena. What's your What's your one thing?
1: There's so many things I get very excited about this topic, but it's kind of funny. You alluded to it again earlier, but when you talked to kind of one of our CS heroes, it really is you, Kiki. Like I remember starting and I was one of those teachers that had like no idea, nothing, no information about CS. And then I started with Code.org and watched these videos of Kiki teaching and explaining and knowing that she wrote some of the lessons. So and then reading her book as a book study. So she's been a real inspiration to me. And I was just excited to get to talk to her today
0: oh.
2: You know what, Rena? You're gonna have to go grab that CS Heroes poster activity. I told you. you can. I mean, and we have
1: similar. You can ask Winston Styles with the mm-hmm. color and that. Right yeah. Right. So I'm always inspired with like fashion as well. Just on a side. Note.
2: I know. Like, are you sisters? <laughs> <laughs> really? I'll claim you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I just, I. It's nice to have this chance just to say thank you for all the the work you've done, and then inspired me to support other people. Thank you.
3: Winston, um, I'm going to go back to the idea of community. I think one of the things that's really, even to the quote about like having people who are solving problems that are real to their world, like uh, expanding the the community of uh, CS so that more people can give more ideas to solve more problems, to lead to a better future. So I really am thinking about how to expand the the community of uh, CS Mm
2: mm-hmm. And Kiki, you get to drop something in as a one thing too. You, do you have a final thought you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
0: I just, I think my final thought is just remember the fun. The one thing for me is always fun. Just uh, it's a really good time. Kids can have a great time. It doesn't always have to be about being difficult and rigorous sometimes. And I think this is what Hour of Code and CS Ed Week is all about. Sometimes it's just about introducing people to it in a fun and lighthearted way so that they connect with it and have a good time.
2: And speaking of fun, you reminded us of something before we went on air. You said last year there was a jingle.
0: There was. It's like
2: we forgot. So we're going to see if we can dig out that old jingle because it is the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Yeah. <laughs> or wonderful. <laughs> see us Ed week. The wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. See, I said we are coding those files. We're downloading.
1: So again, thank you so much for joining us again this year. I'm really excited about CS Ed Week um, and everything you've done. And we look forward to talking to you next year, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'll be here. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Education.
3: We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can discover resources to support student agency, equity and academic tenacity to create a classroom for future ready learners. We'll be back here next
2: Wednesday for a fresh episode of Unpacking Education.
1: And remember, go forth and be awesome.
2: Thank you for all you do. You make a difference.